0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Norman, would you say you're probiotic or antibiotic?
1: Oh, ho, 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 ho i'm I'm sort of equivocating on antibiotics because they're not necessarily always good for you you've got to be careful about them and probiotics, the jury is out.
0: Oh, I really thought you were going to be a real fence sitter on that, but that's actually more decisive than I expected.
1: Yeah Have you been a user so, of
0: probiotics in the past?
1: only in natural foods
0: ah. Okay, well, I think that's something that we're going to talk about today. Is it? Yes, because here we are on What's That Rash? I am health reporter Tegan Taylor coming to you from Jagera and Land.
1: And I'm physician and journalist Dr. Norman Swan coming to you from Land, part of the Eora Nation.
0: And today we're talking about Probiotics. <music> today's question comes from Sophie. Hi there. I just had a question about taking probiotics with antibiotics. I recently had a certain chest infection and I was on two lots of different antibiotics and also some steroids. And the pharmacist suggested that I take a probiotic in the morning and also in the afternoon. So yeah, I was just wondering if it was worthwhile or not. So that's Sophie asking about whether probiotics are worth her money. I suppose, like, antibiotics are quite a specific case. I do want to talk to that, but also, like, whether they're worth it in general?
1: Yeah. So the theory here is, well, it's not just theory, antibiotics kill bugs. And they don't just kill the bugs that they're intended to kill. They can actually knock around your microbiome in your bowel so that the, when the antibiotics hit your bowel, particularly the large bowel, they clean it out to some extent and it can cause diarrhea because the microbiome helps to really consolidate the poo.
0: Okay, wow, we're, we're two minutes in and we've already mentioned diarrhea and poo. <laughs> this is off to a flying start. Yeah, that's a right. running start, some might say.
1: Oh, 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 oh very good. Um, so, look, there's a well known phenomenon of antibiotic induced diarrhea, there's also antibiotic induced fungal infections, and there's also an antibiotic-induced condition, which thankfully is fairly rare, called uh, C. difficile, Clostridium difficile. So antibiotics can really mess with you. And so you should only take them when you need them. The question is, do probiotics help? What are we talking about here? We're talking about supplements that you buy in the chemist, which contain a variety of bacteria.
0: Yeah, I mean, the stuff that you buy in the chemist, there's a shelf and a half of them. They're like capsules, which is, I think, kind of what I remember being offered at some stage in my life. But there's also like, they come in like little chocolate balls. You can get gummies and stuff now. And the claims that they make are... I mean, they're really kind of promising a lot. They're talking about your microbiome, which I suppose we should define in a bit. But they're also sort of saying, "Oh, you know, it's your immune system, and it might even improve your mood." Like, there's just a lot flying around here.
1: There is, and you know, and you'll read articles about different conditions, which we'll come to later, where they're confident that probiotics are going to uh, are going to make a difference, but in fact, the evidence is not there. But if you look at it on the shelf and you've just taken antibiotics or you're feeling a bit low, there's a probiotic for you. question is, does it work?
0: Yeah. Well, can we come back to the, the gut microbiome? Because it's one of those things that like no one had heard about it until, I don't know, I'm going to pick a number of years out of a hat and it feels like it's going to be wrong, like 10-ish years. I don't know. And then all of a sudden it was everywhere. Gut microbiome, it's so important. You've got to support it. And what we're talking about is like these colonies of like trillions of bacteria that live all over your body, including in your gut, that are good for you in ways that we're kind of really only beginning to understand.
1: So here, look, look maybe just a minute on the microbiome and we could Ooh, get a sense of that. All right, setting sorry. my stopwatch. All right, okay, go. Now, um, essentially, these bugs in the bowel are really important for the way the body functions, from the immune system to even affecting how the brain works. And... The communication systems in the gut are very similar to the communication systems in the brain. So this makes a lot of sense, and there are is a growing amount of evidence that by influencing what happens in the gut, you can influence mood, for example, depression and anxiety. There's uh, and have an antidepressant effect. It may well help. Um, it, it may well be involved in irritable bowel syndrome. There's a whole series of conditions where abnormalities in the microbiome or restrictions in the microbiome could make a big difference, which is a long way from saying, though, that taking a probiotic is going to solve the problem. There are trillions of bugs in the bowel of huge diversity. Which ones are you going to choose? And the ones they tend to choose, are the ones which are easiest to get into the bowel.
0: That was 61 seconds. I am so impressed.
1: I, I look, I have four more seconds. No. <laughs> no,
0: you've obviously worked in broadcast for a very long time.
1: By the way, it goes back to the early 20th century. The immunologist who discovered the white blood cell called the macrophage, which is, which is the white blood cell that trumps up rubbish in the body and, and bacteria and so on, Ilya Mechnikov. He was obsessed with the microbiome. He thought it was incredibly important for health. And in fact, he commercialised yoghurt as a therapeutic. He believed that the harmful effects of bacteria in the gut could be combated by fermented substances and that it was possible you know, that this could actually extend life, for example. And this goes to the fact that there was a belief that people who lived in the mountains, in the Balkans and in Greece, who, drank, who ate yoghurt all the time, lived to ripe old ages... And so he pioneered and promoted the consumption of yogurt.
0: Incredible. And I said 10 years. I was so, so far off. What, uh, like just normal yogurt? I
1: I can't remember the story exactly, but I think he might have lost quite a lot of money on the yogurt. (laughs) And he certainly didn't live to a a reasonable age for the time, into his 70s.
0: It wasn't the fountain of youth he was promising.
1: Yeah, I think they were expecting him to live much longer than 71 and the poor sod died too soon. But, Uh you know. Life expectancy in those days was probably 55.
0: He undermined his own yogurt empire.
1: That's right. So Metznikoff recognized this. These bugs produce substances which can actually influence and send messages to the immune system. And not only to the immune system, the chemical messengers that are in the bowel, almost every chemical messenger that's in the bowel is there in the brain as well. So this complexity of the microbiome and the interaction with the rest of the body is very important for health and disease.
0: So then I guess the question is, is a probiotic that I'm ordering over the counter, is it actually able to do that really complicated job?
1: And the answer at the moment seems to be no. Not that the theory is wrong, so the microbiome is incredibly important, but it's incredibly complex there's been a lot of research and a lot of trials into whether taking one of these probiotic supplements when you're on antibiotics will prevent the onset of diarrhea. And some trials say yes, some trials say no. A lot of them have been done in children. And the balance of evidence is it maybe has a small effect on the risk of diarrhea after antibiotics, but it's not a big effect. The question is, Would kombucha or fresh yogurt, going back to Metchnikov, do a better job? And that's not entirely clear either, although the range of bugs in something like yogurt or kombucha may well be wider than you get in in a capsule.
0: I think the thing about the capsules that's important to kind of call out is that like it's a premium patented product. And so they've kind of got to have something different to what their mates have. And they've got to be able to grow it and they've got to be able to grow it at scale and they've got to be able to transport it and put it in a plastic bottle for you to have. Like the gut bugs that tick those boxes might not necessarily be the same gut bugs that are doing you the most good inside you. I
1: mean, you you can answer this question, Tegan, for yourself, because you went to actually a centre in, in South Australia based on the premise that a small range of bacteria in a probiotic capsule is just not enough.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. So I I did go to this, it's sort of a commercial facility in Adelaide that's trying to basically kind of get from poo transplants, which is very much like a, it's almost like a, a blood donation thing. Like you get a donor and you get a patient, usually someone who's like really, really sick and you give them basically a transplant or a transfusion to something where it is more like going to your pharmacy and buying something that's tailored and they're trying to sort of brew up big vats of the most important gut bacteria and kind of identify which ones are the most important and then give a cocktail of those. So like many different types of that, that they would give to a person. So but
1: here's the thing.
0: I think I know what you're about to say. How do you get it?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: To the, to the butt. How do you get it to the butt?
1: Well, it's you know either a colonoscope or, an, or a catheter or an enema. Um, so, because you don 't w- want to be w-
0: swallowing this stuff and it like breaking free before it gets to where it needs to be?
1: No, no, it could be just you know, with halitosis oh. times five hundred <laughs> You know but seriously the, the problem with the probiotics is you 're swallowing them yeah and it 's got to get through the acid of the stomach you 've got to get through the enzymes of the small bowel before it gets to where it needs to be, which is where the microbiome mostly is in the bowel, which is in the large bowel, the colon. And what people are doing with fecal transplants is putting it directly into the colon, um, which is where it needs to be.
0: So that's, like, really, really useful for people who are very, very sick. Like, the the place that I went, the therapy that they've developed is used for C. difficile infections, like you were saying. But it's not something that, you know, every person can wander into their pharmacy and buy and self-administer. Like, there's something very convenient about these over-the-counter products. So, like, coming back to Sophie's question... Is there value in it for the everyday person?
1: My view, looking at the literature, is very limited. Uh, save your money. Kombucha, yogurt give you a good dose of probiotics. Some beers even actually do. Not I'm suggesting you go on beer. <laughs> but a, a rich diet which is going to force the bugs in your bowel to be richer and more diverse.
0: So when you're saying a rich diet, you mean like a nutrient-rich, fiber-rich diet? I
1: mean, that's right. Thank you for correcting me here. But that's right. A nutrient-rich diet with a wide variety of vegetables, not a lot of meat. In other words, a Mediterranean-style diet gives you a very diverse microbiome, which is anti-inflammatory, which really just settles things down and gets the immune system in order. So this is the prebiotic approach, what you eat, makes a difference. And sure, throw in fermented foods like yogurt and kombucha and things like that, but it's the range of foods that you eat. And with antibiotic-induced diarrhoea and preventing that, you might as well just have a diverse diet and have the microbiome in good enough shape. In fact, there's a little bit of evidence that taking probiotics delays the recovery of the microbiome. Mm. Um, So I would just uh, be natural. (laughs)
0: Norman Natural Swan, before we close this off completely, do you see probiotics like getting to this point sometime in the future where they really are very worthwhile?
1: Yeah, the answer is yes. Uh, Interesting work in Canada by the late professor John Bienenstock found a very specific organism in the microbiome that actually had an antidepressant effect. And that's launched a whole area which is called nutritional psychiatry. We've got um, a leader in this field, Felice Jacka at Deakin University in Melbourne. And there's really good research going on into this link between the gut and the brain. And that will bear fruit, so to speak.
0: So the long and the short of it is the stuff that's on the shelf, probably not worth your money. A varied diet is good for you. And Norman's a massive, massive fan of faecal transplants.
1: I'm just clenching my buttocks as I see that.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, well, Sophie, I think that answers your question. Uh, And we did want to say a huge thanks to those of you who sent in questions. Uh, We've had people querying whether it's even possible to enjoy exercise at all. Greg's a bit dim on the idea of enjoying any form of exercise. Any response to that, Norman?
1: Well look as a masochistic Scotsman um Scottish Australian uh, you know I go with that you have just got to punish yourself why what what, what life is not for enjoyment <laughs>
0: You and Greg, obviously, birds of a feather. And Patrick wrote in to say he actually loved playing soccer as a young'un, but discovered that his knees didn't like playing soccer anymore. And he's discovered pickleball, which I mainly know about from, I think it's an American thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's huge in the United States. But Patrick's lost five kilos doing um, pickleball. He loves the social aspects. And, um, you know, we should all just pick up a paddle and get on with it.
0: Have you had a go of pickleball before?
1: No, no, it's opaque to me. You know, and then I'm taking the risk I might enjoy it, so why? why? Well,
0: no, we'd better not have that. No, no. And one more question from Margie asking whether high-intensity interval training is appropriate if you have high blood pressure.
1: We'll take that on notice and we'll come back to Margie when we deal with HIIT.
0: Well, you know where to send your questions, but if you've forgotten, I will remind you right now. You can send us a DM at the ABC Health Instagram account or...
1: You can email us at thatrash at abc.net.au and we will see you next time. See you then
0: what the duck is the podcast attracted to weird nature like magnets to a fridge i'm ann jones and i can't help it Pigeons make milk. Some people describe it as a yellow kind of cottage cheese consistency. Pigeons have famous relatives. The pigeon and the dodo are in the same family. And pigeons were partially responsible for the French Revolution. Let them eat squaw. What the Duck has a new season out right now. Check it out on the ABC Listen app.